your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. Snap back, Heinrich holding, holding, Throw looking, it. throws it toward the end. Oh, so yes. He's got a man out there. Wyatt Leeward makes a catch. Touchdown. <laughs> Wyatt Leeward gets back-to-back catches, and that ties the game at 20. Sports Nightly is presented by the NDOT Highway Safety Office, who reminds you to buckle up and put the phone down. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. John Means throws the third no-hitter of the year in Major League Baseball. Baltimore Orioles on the road at Seattle. Pretty impressive. I quickly looked up John Means. He played collegiately at West Virginia from 2011 to 2014. So I reached out to our old pal Jeff Colhane and go, did you call any of John Means's games? Because Jeff left here to go to West Virginia for several years before landing in Fargo for North Dakota State. He wrote back, yep, he was our Sunday starter. How about that? So I guess that means Shea Shanneman at some point in time, Ben, will throw a no-hitter in Major League Baseball. That's crazy. I, I would have thought John Means is a lot older than the Jeff Colhane days at West Virginia. That's insane. I, I, for some reason, I was thinking he's way older well, than that. Think about that. I mean, 2014 was his last year. So he, he was either a junior or senior. So he was either 21 or 22. And that's seven years ago. So, yeah, he'd be yeah. 29 right now. That's about right. Yeah. Yeah. Makes some sense, I guess. Yeah. How about that, though? He was a Sunday starter his final year in college. And now he's thrown a no-hitter in baseball. Pretty cool. And I'll recognize this one, Ben, because it's a nine-inning deal. Okay. So it's in your book. It's in, it's in your book. book is official. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Wasn't it Bumgarner? Madison Bumgarner. I'm leaving yeah. him out. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't go down in the ledger. Welcome to the program. So glad you're with us here tonight. Uh, we've got a cool show lined up for you tonight. We are resuscitating the Big Ten Blitz, and everybody's spring football practices are in the book. So for the next four Wednesday nights, we're going to spin around the conference and check out what's what took place at everybody else in the league's spring ball. Uh, tonight, we're going to focus in on Michigan State, Ohio State, and Illinois. Uh, looking forward to talking to our contributors. That's coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, that'll be fun to catch up with some of those guys. I haven't talked to a handful of them for several months. And because of COVID, I haven't really seen some of them in quite a while. So looking forward to doing that. Hour number two, Will Bolt at a press conference today. Huskers get ready, get ready to head to the East Coast. They'll play in the Rutgers pod over the weekend, two games against Indiana, two games against Rutgers. Start Saturday afternoon. They'll play a doubleheader on Sunday, and then they have a sun- Monday morning game. So you're going to be back at work on Monday, and you'll be able to flip on your computer or your radio in your office and listen to Ben and Nick call Husker Baseball against Rutgers on Monday morning at 10 a.m. That's going to be bizarre, right? This is, this is a bizarre t- – I don't remember – the last time we played a Monday game, does anything come to mind to you that we played a Monday baseball game? I, I know they used to do it the week of finals, the Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Oh, that's right. Would have been in Michigan in 2019? That could be right. Is that Saturday, Sunday, Monday? Can't remember. That could, that could be right. We all have to look into that. But, it, yeah, it's pretty rare to have a Monday game let alone a Monday 10 a.m. game, and that's what we'll have for you here this week. So we'll bowl at a presser today. We'll play some of the highlights of that. Our Major League insider, Lane Grindle, will join us. 
The Brewers have dropped their last three games, losing to the Dodgers on Sunday, and they've lost the first two games of their series against the Philadelphia Phillies. He will join us to talk some Major League Baseball. Hour number three, Buy Sell is back. Looking forward to and I'm told we have a batch. Would that be right, Tim? A batch of answers tonight to go over? Is it... Is it we, a batch? We have a batch, and I do have one answer for you guys, at least on that uh, baseball question. looks like May the 6th against Northwestern in 2019. That was a Monday afternoon oh, game. Oh, that's right, Ben. And remember, we, we, that was when oh, we yeah. had to really race to the airport to catch our flight back. Yeah, we nearly yeah. Uh, couldn't see the ball. Yeah. All right, so a lot of answers to get to for buy sell. We'll have that in hour three. And Josh Klingler who uh, is part of the Jayhawk Network, is going to join us in the third hour of the program. KU hired a football coach earlier this week, a guy that's got ties to Nebraska, Lance Leipold, who was a part of the staff uh, right at the turn of the century with Frank Solich here and has had great success at a couple of stops along the way. Wisconsin Whitewater Division Three school where he built a monster program there and for the last several years has been at Buffalo. He takes the Kansas job. We'll get Josh's take on that. We'll also dabble. We'll throw him a Chiefs draft question, maybe a Royals question tonight as well. It was good to catch up with, with Josh. And, and, you know, Ben, Coach Leipold at his press conference the other day in Lawrence said he's bringing like seven assistants with him from Buffalo, and Buffalo is the week three opponent for the Huskers. I mean, that, that that is a huge blow to that Buffalo program to lose basically your entire staff here in May. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's definitely going to have an effect. And so this is this happens to be pretty good timing because that, that Buffalo staff had it rolling a little bit. I, yeah. I watched them play a few times last year with Jarrett Patterson and Kevin Marks, those really good running backs that they had. And Thinking to myself, that's not going to be a, a very fun game. But, yeah, everything's kind of changed their dynamics up there. That That's helpful to Nebraska, right? I mean, it has to be. I mean, the, the, now that you've got a program in scramble mode, it sounds like with that many guys coming, it's probably nobody's going to stay behind that's on the staff. So they may be starting over, putting in new systems, new f- offense, defense. I mean, that, that's, that is a tough, tough spot for Buffalo to be in, to lose your coach in May. And then, I guess, go outside the family to hire. I mean, I don't know how you don't just promote one of, of his top assistants. You almost, you, they almost have to. I, we'll, so we'll, we'll follow that. We'll uh, be on that. Also, mentioned Illinois is coming up in our Blitz here in a little bit. Steve Kelly is going to join us uh, from the Illinois Network. It came out yesterday that Isaiah Williams, the who was a quarterback for the Illini, and Last year started a couple of games for them. He played a little bit in Lincoln when when Illinois came here to play last year. They are moving him, Ben, from quarterback to wide receiver. You know what? Brett Brett Mielma is going to a pro-style attack. He's not going to go with a running quarterback. He didn't do that at Illinois or Wisconsin. He didn't do it at Arkansas. Not going to do it at Illinois. So there's a really good athlete in Isaiah Williams, who I believe was a four-star quarterback in the St. Louis area coming out of High school, really highly sought of. It was a great get for Lovey Smith at the time, but they're moving him. I guess that you got to get your better athletes to the outside. Uh, you wonder how that's going over with that young man. Yeah, you do. Um, but I, I can't say that we're all that. So you think about Brett Bielema's quarterbacks, right? Isaiah yep. Williams doesn't really fit the skill set that Brett Bielema's looking for. So, you know, I guess it's a it's a bonus to him that he's keeping him and he's not throwing himself in the portal to, to go play somewhere else. But – um, not, not yet. Not yet. They lose Joshy Matorbebe, and you know they, they've got some openings there, at receivers. So maybe, maybe he's seeing himself, you know, more of a 
more of a receiver there. But, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And he is a tremendous athlete. So, I mean, you, you can bounce those guys out there. And a lot of guys, you can look at even guys who've had good NFL careers who might have been a college quarterback that make the switch to wide out in the NFL and end up having really good careers out there. So that was one personnel move made that we'll uh, ask Steve about coming up here in just a couple of minutes. The mentioned Will Bolt coming up with some comments that he had at the press conference. Within the last two hours, Ben, the game notes for Nebraska have come out for the weekend series with Rutgers. Interesting that Will Bolt, they're listing Cade Povich as the starter for game one against Indiana on Saturday afternoon at 2, but that is the only starter listed for Nebraska for the weekend. What's your take on that? I'm going back to what he kind of told us on Monday, that he's not quite sure the order, that they're going to kind of do some digging this week on both lineups, Indiana Rutgers lineups, and see potentially which which guys um, fit better with the offense. I mean, if Nebraska was playing the same opponent all four times, I don't think this is even a thing. But, you know, this coaching staff, with, with a couple of things, number one, the series getting pushed back a day, I think they feel the ability to go – a little flexible if they want but if they feel like you know the scouting report says you know Rutgers has a harder time hitting sinker ballers or you know softer throwing righties then they're going to go with Roach if they feel like you know Shea's fastball slider mix are going to give Rutgers more trouble or one of the guys you know maybe fits better with Indiana's lineup then that's what they're going to do and I and I and I still truly think they're a little undecided what they do want to do with that fourth starter spot so I think that's where that comes into play so I think that's where my mind goes in trying to figure this riddle out is there Chance and, and Shea are going to start. They just don't know who who's going to throw what game. And then that fourth starter spot, my gut would tell me it would be Cody Frank right now uh, and not Jake Buns, and maybe that's what they're deciding this week. Well, one thing, it can be an advantage or a disadvantage to face the same team in back-to-back weekends. Well, that's not a problem for Cade because Indiana's the first opponent up on the weekend, not Rutgers. And then game two is Indiana again. So whoever you throw, hasn't Indiana hasn't seen them. But if you go back to Shea for game three, Rutgers has seen Shea. And so maybe but, – but Rutgers has seen chance. Rutgers only saw a little bit maybe of Cody Frank. So I – you know – it's, it's the bigger issue with Rutgers. It's not Indiana because you haven't played Indiana, so they haven't seen your guys. You haven't seen theirs. But Rutgers is, and the back-to-back weekends is so rare in college baseball to have this issue. Sometimes you you might face a team the last week of the regular season and you turn around and, around and play them day one or day two of the Big Ten tournament. Sometimes that happens. This is fairly common in Major League Baseball, right? I mean, you know, you got the Cardinals are playing the Mets this weekend in St. Louis, and next weekend they're playing each other in New York. That happens a lot at the MLB level where you turn around and play the same team basically seven days apart from it. But it's just not, that doesn't happen in college baseball. It is this year because of just this goofy odd system that is being set up. And Nebraska will then have a weekend between times where they see Indiana. They'll see them this weekend, next weekend it's Northwestern, and the following weekend they go to Bloomington where they'll play Indiana a couple more times there. So it's a, a really odd thing. Um, there is news about Northwestern. They have already canceled this week's games, Ben, with Purdue. They did not play last weekend because of COVID issues within the Wildcat program. They were supposed to host a pod with Michigan and Illinois. Those two schools 
ended up just bussing down to Champaign and playing each other in a four-game series over the weekend. This week, uh, Northwestern was supposed to play Purdue. That series has already been canceled. I bring this up because Northwestern is on the schedule for Nebraska next weekend. So depending on how bad this is, hold on. That whole weekend could go up in smoke for the Oscars. I hope not. I hope I hope Northwestern gets over this. I hope their guys are safe and okay. But that's certainly something to keep an eye on here. We're you know nine ten. We're nine days away from that series happening at Haymarket Park. So I I don't know this. I, I hope that you don't want to lose games this time of year. You really don't. You want to keep playing. Yeah, absolutely. And you know you you know it's it's going to become tricky when you know you've got teams that are are you know percentage points away from um you know a league championship and and you know i think that's that's going to be frustrating at the end if you're trying to find out who the the championship you know teams would be and if you're i I think we all just want you know everybody to play the same amount of games and and have it be kind of a true champion but you know this is going to start um becoming a you know a bit of an issue when you've got these things happening and you just hope that they can a make them up or b that it stops here last week it didn't affect anybody else because it was a pod and so those two as i mentioned michigan and illinois able to go off and play each other it does affect purdue this week and it would certainly affect nebraska next week and we know where the league stands on not trying to find somebody else to play they just don't want anybody to do that so uh Certainly a story worth keeping an eye on, particularly for Husker baseball fans, who I know would love to be out at Haymarket Park next weekend rooting on their team against the Wildcats. So we'll see where that story takes us. All right, those are what we have on the program tonight, 531-500-4686. That's the number to dot us up with a comment or question or fire off a text. When we come back, we're going to take a little trip around the league. We call it the Big Ten Blitz. We're back on a Sports Nightly Wednesday night for the month of May. During Wednesdays, we're going to revive the Big Ten Blitz, get an update on everybody's spring camps now that everybody's spring games are in the books. So edition number one begins right now. The Big Ten Blitz. Michigan State up first. Hondo Carpenter of Spartan Nation joins us now. Hondo, it almost feels like this really should be year one for Mel Tucker. I mean, you take over the program. You don't get spring practice because of COVID. Then you get the on-again, off-again Big Ten schedule. Is that how they're approaching it? This is kind of the beginning of it for him? Absolutely, and they should. Mark D'Antonio literally resigns just with no time left for him to even salvage a first recruiting class. Then uh, you mentioned that they lose spring. The the Big Ten screws up the season. What an embarrassment of a conference they were. And then you turn around and, you know, Michigan State, for the first time in 80 years, didn't have a player drafted. And that's all on Mark D'Antonio. So this is really the beginning of the Mel Tucker era right now. What have been some of the big storylines during spring ball? What, What were those for this program? The massive amounts of exodus via the transfer portal, hmm. and they lost a lot of good kids, but quite frankly, the talent level wasn't here. Mark D'Antonio didn't leave the cupboards bare. He ripped out the cupboards and used them for kindling, and they, they lost a bunch of guys. They'd have to go to the transfer portal. They bring in Anthony Russo, a potential quarterback to lead the way. I mean, this is a Michigan State team right now that's really in flux. And that's understandable. 
and it's going to be a tough first year for Mel Tucker. But, hey, last year was even worse, and they somehow ended up beating Michigan. And so in, in East Lansing, that's a free pass. <laughs> what are the, Do the fans get it? Will they be patient? How, how, how will the, the alums and the, the supporters handle all this? Well, first of all, I don't think there's going to be much patience when you're making $6 million a year. Yeah. I mean, Jim, Jim Harbaugh just took a huge pay cut and gets paid a lot less than Mel. So, no, I think when you're getting paid that kind of money, people have that kind of expectations. I laughed once. Tom Izzo said to me, coaches who don't want big expectations then don't need to coach for big contracts. And that's totally true. So there's going to be huge expectations. If Mel Tucker could somehow finagle this team to a bowl game, I think it will be one of the best coaching jobs we've seen in East Lansing in many, many years. That's an uphill battle. But, I mean, it's it's one that I think when you're paid the money he is, that's a fair expectation. But I think it's going to be a very tough expectation to reach. Hondo, if you look at this, where can they hang their hat? Is there a strength that they can kind of try to rely on when they get into the fall? Yeah, I think they're very good along the defensive line. And you know when you are decent on the lines, you've got a chance. Yep. They're going to be good against the offensive line, looking at the number of guys that comes back. and They're they're loaded at wide receiver. They may have the best wide receiver core in all of the Big Ten. The question is at quarterback. Obviously, we expect Peyton Thorne to come into camp as the starter on paper. I don't think anybody doesn't expect Anthony Russo to beat him out and to get that job. You know, they've already got a young man uh, who came in, who made the big transfer in. Um, you know, that's Russo to play that position. they got to find a guy who can run the ball. But this is a team that's going to have to score a lot. They're very weak in the back end on defense. They're very weak at linebacker. And for the 2021 Spartans to uh, be able to get to a bowl game, they're going to have to score points. That's the end of the day. The days of Mark D'Antonio's get a field goal and hold on are over. This offense has to find a way to score points. Hondo, we're seeing more and more of this a trend within the league of having conference games to open it up, and that's what Sparty will have in the fall. They'll open at Northwestern. You like that? What, what do you think coaches think of this? I hate it, and I know they hate it. Um, first of all, you always this is how most play people want to schedule. They want an easy win, one that they should win, and then one that's going to be a toss-up to really see how your team is heading into it. And I think that when you start with your conference schedule, I mean, imagine this. You're not going to be the same team at the in November that you're going to be in September. And if you're a team like Michigan State with so many new players, guys trying to adjust, you're not going to know what you have. So, no, I don't think anybody should like it. But at the end of the day, it's good for the Big Ten. They like the TV ratings, and this conference has yet to demonstrate that it cares about the conference, and they're only caring about the money. So I guess you get, those are the expectations you have for it, and so they're going to schedule those games early. Hondo Carpenter of Spartan Nation. Hondo, we appreciate it. Thank you, and have a great summer. Always great to be on with you. Thank you, buddy. Ohio State. Well, here to talk about the Buckeyes, the sideline reporter for the Buckeye Network. That's Matt Andrews, great friend of the program. And, man, spring football already has come and gone. That was quick, wasn't it? It was, but it was nice to have something. It was good to be able to follow that. We got to go to a few practices, Greg. Uh, But, yeah, as of right now, the spring game for Ohio State was three weeks ago. Uh, And they tell me that there was progress. There looked like there was a little bit of progress, but... 
really the, the concern right now for Ryan Day and his staff is just getting guys reps and making sure fundamentally that they're they're clean and healthy going into the fall. Big shoes to fill with Justin Fields now gone and off to the NFL and now a member of the Chicago Bears. What about the, the quarterback competition? How did that stack up in the spring? Well, the feeling going into the spring game was that it was C.J. Stroud's um, job to lose. And uh, Brian Day would never say that. That was a speculation. That's what we heard coming out of practice. He was maybe running the first reps. Uh, in the spring game, they all got pretty much equal reps. Stroud was not the first guy in, but the teams were all jumbled up with Brutus, Team Brutus, Team Buckeye. Stroud played fine. Uh, really, all three of them played pretty well. But the, the real the real feeling is that going into that opener at Minnesota on a Thursday night, that it's his job to lose. They, they're going to announce, I'm sure, as we get into fall camp, a starter initially. But uh, I, you know, much like the, the year they were trying to decide whether it be JT Barrett or Braxton Miller or or Cardale Jones, Coach Meyer announced that basically uh, going into the first game just the day before. So uh, I think we'll hear a, a Buckeye starting quarterback probably the week of the first game. Well, what Matt, what were a couple of the questions that everybody had about this team going into spring, and, and did they get answered? Obviously, quarterback would probably be part of that, so take that out. But what about mm-hmm. other, other areas of the team that people maybe wondered what that might look like? A lot of interest at running back, uh, Greg, of course, with Master Teague uh, losing out at the end there to Trey Sermon, who had a, a tremendous finish. National championship game injured in the first couple of plays and didn't play. But Teague coming back from injury, who was not available this spring, or at least we didn't see him available this spring. So who's going to be the running back? And between Teague and a very heralded incoming freshman, one of the best running backs, in the class, Travion Henderson, who caught some eyes. Mayan Williams appeared in the college football playoff, kind of a bowling ball, pinball, running back with a reckless abandon. Williams uh, got some good reps and looked pretty good. So running back on the offensive side was a big question. I think both lines of scrimmage are going to be in really good shape. But then replacing all four linebackers on defense and a secondary that was, as you know, very poor in the title game with Alabama. Well, that receiving core for Alabama had a lot to do with that. Those were yeah, it's pretty, true. pretty good studs there. How about kind of putting last year behind this team, all the excitement, the run to the championship game, getting to at least go toe-to-toe with Alabama uh, to try to match that in back-to-back years? Sometimes that's hard to do. What about the mentality of the Buckeyes as they exit spring? Yeah, I think it's a great question, and I think it's a real – you know, a question that Ryan Day probably doesn't have a great answer to yet. I think he likes the leadership of this team. They've got to get something better on the pass rush. Now, some of that at the uh, in the, the playoff was due to a couple of guys out with COVID. Now, I'm not saying they were going to go beat Bama with those guys back, but they've got to continue to get that uh, the monstrous pass rush on the end. They're hoping a guy like Zach Harrison will step up. Uh, so, so in terms of just the mentality, they, they realize it's going to be difficult to match what they did. Look, everybody's going to be gunning for the Buckeyes, especially in the league. Ryan Day about to go in his third year has not lost a league game. I think he likes the psyche of his team, but, but to defend and try to repeat again and, and do what they did last year and get to that point, they put so much into that national semifinal with Clemson based on the previous year's game. Uh, they got that monkey off their back, but... But that was a real, I think it was a real mental challenge for them to 
then regroup for Bama. And I think it's going to be probably a great challenge for this team with a new quarterback to mentally uh, do what they did a year ago with a lot more trying things going on other than football. Matt Andrews of the Buckeye Network with us here. Matt, great stuff as always. We appreciate it. Enjoy your summer. Greg, great to talk to you, pal. Illinois. Here to talk about the Illini from the Illinois Network is Steve Kelly and spring season number one under Brett Bielman now in the books. What were some of the storylines for the spring? Obviously, a new head coach and new staff probably leads that way, Steve. It does, uh, Greg, and they had a spring game on April the 19th, a Monday night game uh, that uh, some of your fans may have uh, paid attention to that was on the Big Ten Network, and then they had uh, two or three practice sessions after that to wrap up their 15 sessions in the spring season. Uh, the coaching staff is uh, a story, and Fred Bielma is undefeated right now as the Hawaii coach, so everybody likes him, and they're pretty excited about what's uh, going on. He has made a concerted effort to to rebuild some relationships with the high school coaches in the state of Illinois uh, that uh, kind of had slipped a little bit under Lovey Smith. So that was one of the storylines. The other was he has 21 so-called uh, what we'll call super seniors that have elected to come back uh, for the bonus year. So he's got some experience there. One of those is Brandon Peters at quarterback. He came out of the spring as the number one guy, as everybody thought he would. Maybe the, the news post-spring practice is that the backup quarterback, Isaiah Williams, has been switched to wide receiver. And the backup going in now will be a Rutgers transfer, Art Stakowski, who announced that he is transferring to Illinois. So that's some of the news there. They didn't show much in the spring game. Uh, being a, a new coaching staff, they're not going to show a whole lot new and they had a lot of guys out too that didn't participate so that's kind of the storyline here uh, through the spring game steve i always like to listen to the players and get their perception of how things may be different from one staff to the other did the players say much about is practice different than the lovey smith era is the emphasis different did you get much of a feel for that at all from the players yeah, I did, and the players seem to like what's going on. The, a, a few of them have changed positions, and maybe a few more will um, between now and when they get back together the 1st of June. But everybody seems uh, to have that new enthusiasm, and nobody's bad-mouthing the other coaching staff. Um, but even the guys, that the 21 seniors that I talked about who – who uh, were recruited and played for Lovey Smith and his staff. They're pretty excited about the opportunity to, and not all of them made that decision right away. They they had to be kind of re-recruited by the new staff, and they all seemed pleased with the way things are going, the way practices have gone, and uh, the excitement level is pretty high at this point. Some na- some familiar names as you threw out offensively. What about defensively? Where where would you think this? The, the, the positives and where are there some concerns maybe on that side of the ball? Well, they've got some veteran defensive backs back. Um, they lost a couple of guys through graduation and such. but uh, And they've got a couple of veterans along the defensive line. Linebacker, um, they didn't have any in the spring game. I'm not sure they had a linebacker. They might have had one that will be in the linebacker rotation when all is said is done uh, because they had some guys hurt 
Uh, Jake Hansen is coming back, but he didn't uh, participate in the spring. They had another linebacker who had undergone surgery. So um, I, I think uh, that would be an area of concern, at least until you know if those guys are back healthy. But uh, they played the number ones against the number twos, and the number one offense uh, ran all over the number two defense, which in reality was probably partially number two and number three even. So you can't judge much from that. But uh, um, I think defensively, uh, they're a little bit behind the offense, and hopefully that'll even things out as they begin the, the June workouts and then leading into the fall camp. Steve Kelly with the Illini Network. Great stuff as always, Steve. Thank you. Enjoy your summer. Always my pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. amazing how rare no hitters can be for some franchises tim just told you that means is no no john means of the orioles today first no hitter by one pitcher it's in in baltimore since 69 they had a combined no hitter in the early 90s but i think it was jim palmer in 69 that's a long time ago and musgrove from san diego through the no hitter last month that was the first ever in padres history and they became a franchise in 69 so the first ever for that franchise and the first for Baltimore by one pitcher since 69. Crazy stuff, how uh, how difficult it can be to um, throw no-hitters. Pretty cool moment there. Baseball now has three or four, if you count the seven-inning deal. Uh, no-hitters so far this year. All right, coming up this hour, we're going to talk quite a bit of baseball. Will Bolt at a press conference earlier today. We're going to get into some of his clips in a minute. And we'll talk about the big leagues with our insider, Lane Grindle. So all that headed your way. Uh, during this hour, if you want to be a part of the program, our numbers are 531-500-4686. That is our Sports Nightly Hotline brought to you by the Woodhouse Auto Family, bringing you more choices in brands, locations, and service. Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse. Press conference today, and just the coach today, they had finals week going on, so they gave the players uh, the day off, so just the head coach today. What was some of the uh, themes that he brought to the table today? Yeah, we'll go ahead and dive into some of the comments from the head coach today, and obviously this week different, as you said, because of finals, and Coach Bold elaborated a little bit on that. Well, this week is always a little bit different because of finals, uh, just with the, the schedules of the tests and those type of things. And um, we did have uh, an, an additional day off this week um, to give them some time that way. Um, and you have to have those throughout the year anyway, just per the NCAA rules. You got to have the additional days off. But we usually end up taking one of those days during finals week uh, just because of the scheduling and those type of things. And this morning, uh, we'll actually practice um, and then we'll pra- have an afternoon practice tomorrow that's just kind of what's worked out best with with the schedules of the tests and uh, the salt dogs are in town now as well so um, just this week presents a little bit of a different look uh, because of the finals and and those type of things and uh, and then obviously this week as well because we're not leaving uh, until friday uh, traveling on friday and, and playing on saturday yeah i mean it's always a different dynamic when you've got finals incorporated in this thing but I always look forward to the weekend after finals when the boys are really only focused on one thing, Greg, and that's winning baseball games. They're all baseball after this week, and that's a great feeling, and there's still so much to be played. Uh, There's just that pressure of making sure you get an assignment done, a paper finished, get ready for a quiz or a test. All that's behind you, and you can just kind of be a college kid playing baseball, and that's a freeing feeling for, for any student athlete once you get the semester in the books. 
Yep, 100%. All right, let's go ahead and uh, jump to the mood of the team following what happened last week against Rutgers. How have they bounced back? Yeah, we've had, I've had some guys come stop in and, and visit uh, on Monday. Um, just, uh, you know, I think everyone recognizes that Sunday was just not – that wasn't our team. It wasn't how, who we've been all year long. And, and obviously the first two days were – very disappointing but it wasn't like we didn't show up ready to compete we just didn't finish the games off so um yeah we got we got a lot of pride on the team a lot of guys that are incredibly hungry to win uh they understand you know that we got to bounce back and and uh you know we haven't all been together yet until we until this morning uh so i look forward to getting everybody together and getting back out there and um just get ready to get after it again this week but i I don't i don't worry about this group in terms of um, being ready to bounce back being ready to come come out and do what it takes do what's necessary to win um you know i think our our leaders our captains on this team are gonna um help get the team in the right spot and and that starts with a a great practice today yeah so i you know that's that's good to hear and you're always curious about that greg confidence is something that we've that's been talked about a lot since this weekend against rutgers i i don't worry about confidence too much for this team i just worry about just they're in a funk and you and i have seen it the last couple weekends and you just hope that they bounce you know they can bounce out of it and just win does it happen saturday sunday monday next week you hope the sooner the better so they can get this ship righted hey they can still go the, the winning the league is still very much there they're only half a game out of first going into this weekend so all their goals that they put together as a team are still very much in front of them. Yep. Four games this weekend, potentially naming a fourth starter. We'll find out um, probably here in the next few days, but Coach Bolt elaborated on who that might be. I think that's just going to be a bit up in the air um, this week. I think you've got you've got Buns and, and you've got Cody Frank, um, who would be more than capable fourth uh, starters uh, for this weekend. Uh, you know, I think the way we're going to approach it is uh, we know that Cade's going to throw the first game, and from there we're just going to kind of maybe mix and match the order of um, the other two. And then I would imagine probably uh, for Monday's game it'll just be TBA. Um, we'll just kind of keep it open-ended. I don't want to pigeonhole ourselves into, you know, not using a guy the first three games that we feel like could help us win. Um, you know, if we got we got to use all hands on deck to help us win the first three games, we'll do that. And then – if Monday's got to be a bullpen day, um, we'll do that. Um, so I think we've got enough capable guys that can go out there and, and give you three to six outs at times. Um, so Cody's been really good out of the bullpen. Buns has been really good out of the bullpen. Um, if we've got a lead, a lead late and, uh, you know, we got to go win, that's what we're going to do. And then we'll reassess as the weekend goes along. My gut tells me it's Cody Frank, but, you know, I guess there's there's a lot to be determined there, and I guess, you know, the coaches will kind of, again, play it by ear. It just to me, it all comes down to do they want to mess with buns out of the uh, out of the, the bullpen spot. I'm with you. I think it's Cody Frank. Um, what, whether they twist the, twist the order of who starts, I think they could do that. I mean, I don't know that it's a dead set that Chance Roach starts – Sunday morning against Indiana. It doesn't really matter because you've got two games on Sunday, so you could flip Roach and Shanneman on Sunday if you want uh, and, and still keep them back on the same rotation the following week with Northwestern by going chance game two, shade game three. So you could flip that on Sunday, and they might just do that. Um, I, I haven't dug into Ohio State a lot, but I, my gut says, Ben, you've seen both of them, my gut says Rutgers a little bit better with the bat than the Buckeyes are. 
Uh, Indiana, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Indiana. We, yeah. yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I guess that would be my my lean right now as well. Um, any other players potentially on the docket to get some innings this weekend with that extra nine innings on the weekend? Coach Bolt talked about that today as well. Yeah, I mean, you've got you've got several guys there that um, haven't gotten a ton of opportunities, um, and we'll have another we'll have a five inning scrimmage today uh, to give ourselves a, another look at, at some things. I mean, Hallmark probably has a great opportunity to get back in there and pitch. I mean, honestly, on Sunday. Um, if we had gotten to that point, um, he was going to probably close with Spencer being being out. Um, and if we had used Buns um, earlier in the game, we probably would have closed Hallmark. So we'll have him throw to live hitters today. He's a guy that's going to factor in. Um, you know, like you said, Bradford. You know, Feekin. I guess he got a couple of opportunities on the weekend, um, but you know, he's another guy that we feel like is an important part of our staff. Um, Emmett Olson is a guy that has had some bright spots um, earlier this season um, that hasn't seen himself back out there a ton but he's a guy that has performed well in some of those spots as as well so we've got like I said we've got some guys that maybe haven't thrown a ton that we feel confident in that can at least go give us three outs and then hand it to the next guy Um, so we'll see a little bit more of that today in the five inning scrimmage and then we'll just go from there yeah I think the uh, the opportunity is going to be there and especially that fourth game Greg you can't imagine whoever it is that gets the ball is going to be you know six or seven innings there's going to be a lot of opportunity for guys to, to to throw and and to make a case that if you want innings in the late part of the season that this is a good chance to prove the coaches something yep and you you hope some guys have kind of stayed with it mentally that they've been locked in even though they've gone weeks since they last performed that guys once they get their number called are ready to roll so You'll, we're going to learn a lot about this team, I think, this weekend from the bounce pack standpoint and the first four-game weekend that Nebraska's had in, in about six weeks. Yep. All right, uh, let's switch gears and talk a little bit of offense here and going through a bit of a slump. Coach Bolt talked about what he's seen from the offense. Yeah, that's baseball's contagious that way. I mean, it is just – it's crazy, the, the, the psychology that goes into it with, um, you know – you got a couple guys on the barrel and everybody feels like they're going to get on the barrel and they're going to hit it hard. And then you've got a couple guys that are scuffling. And then, you know, all of a sudden you look up and go, man, there's, there's several guys that just aren't going real good right now. So that's as long as I've been around the game, as long as I've followed the game, that's the way hitting is. And that's, that's why you can't, in my opinion, you can't, always bank on just outscoring people you've got to find a way to get things done in other in other ways pitching defense base running uh again that's why we we really keep track of a lot of those those plays that you know a lot of people don't think are flashy but we think are really important for team baseball and so um yeah i just think it's a it's the reason that we have the the offensive system that we have where they have a defined role is you know it's always the adage of man i'm just trying to do too much i'm just uh, i'm just you know it's so you you don't get in that mode very often and that's a little bit of where i see some guys right now it's they're chasing the ghost of their past success a little bit where they're so, they're worried about you know their their numbers all of a sudden for the first time all year and i don't think it's something that's conscious necessarily or something that is an outward selfless or i'm sorry selfish motivated um thing on their end it's just i think it's just human nature at times where you, you've had some success and then you you have to live up to those expectations all of a sudden and you start worrying about it and um 
Just again, I think we just need to get back to knowing what our role is and going and executing that role. And each and every guy in the lineup does that. Then you have a team offense. So um, long answer there for you, but that's that's the way I see it. I think that I mean it's not hard to see, Greg, what's made this team successful in recent weeks. And I think it's exactly what Coach Bolt said. You know, guys knowing what they are and executing what they are. And you know, I think. The kicker to this whole thing is baseball's a game of of ups and downs, and you're you're not going to hit 400 all year. You're going to have downswings too, and I think Nebraska's had a handful of their bigger bats kind of go quiet here in recent weeks. Yeah, and, and some of those guys kind of toward the top of the order. Hallmark's average has dipped off quite a bit. Uh, Spencer's been okay, but he's kind of been like worth about a hit a game, which in baseball terms that's really good, but. You need need to get some of the the dudes going again, and, and there's certainly time to reverse course. And I feel like I feel confident that they will. Hopefully, it happens this weekend. Rare situation to play a three game series against an opponent and then turn around and play them twice more again the next week. Coach Bolt talked about that and the opportunity to play Rutgers again. Yeah, I mean we've got we've got a big challenge ahead, um, as we know, um, going into this weekend facing the first place team in Indiana and the, the challenges that they present. Um, you know, we just saw Rutgers, as you alluded to, and, um, you know, we know how good a team they have, how t- mentally tough they are and how talented they are and well coached. So, um, again, it's just a great it's a great opportunity to get back out there and, um, you know, show what we're made of because we've been a very good team up to this point. Um, I think if you'd ask anybody in the clubhouse if they take a 20 and 10 record through 30 games in the season. I think we'd all had before the season signed up for that. And that means we're right in the thick of things here. So um, all the balls right there in front of us. Um, we're excited about the chance this weekend to to go and, uh, and bounce back and, and play our level of baseball. Yeah, I think that's that's just it. You know, another opportunity again here this week. And um, I mean, you, you can't you can't go win the series from them. They've already done that. But you can at least, you know, at least give them a little bit of taste of their own medicine on their home field like they just did to you. That should be enough motivation to fire some guys up, I would think. I would think so. Griffin Everett has really been one of the few guys that have turned his average around. He's raised it almost 100 points in the last month or so of the season. Coach Bolt talked about his junior college catcher today. Yeah, coming in, um, you know, from junior college, we had kind of targeted him as a, a very um, – a defensive-minded catcher in terms of just being able to receive and block and throw and um, his arm has been a real weapon for us back there Um, I I think what we've seen him do too is um, he's just really stepped up his game once the games have started Um, I think he probably had a little bit of a learning curve coming in catching guys with more velocity movement those type of things the speed of the game um but what we've seen from him is once the games have started, he's really settled in and, and just been um, a real uh, nice presence back there for us behind the plate, just blocking balls, um, just stealing strikes at times. Uh, I think that's a big part of it and a big part of the success that our our pitching staff has had this year at times is that Luke has really um, improved behind the plate as well, Roscom, um, and Everett is – has done a great job at handling the staff and, and um, stealing some strikes back there, keeping balls from getting to the backstop, um, and and just throwing you know just throwing guys out, uh, throwing strikes to the to second base when he needs to. So um, he's definitely 
definitely been that and then some it's good to see the bats starting to come along I, you know early on with him he was hitting balls hard um i mean he probably lined out seven or eight times in the first two weekends with nothing to show for it not even a cheap hit in there to make up for it um <clears throat> and now he's starting to starting to get it going a little bit better offensively which we thought you know would come with him as well i like what i've seen from griffith much more consistent hard contact at the plate and um, has been pretty good behind the plate as well for Nebraska. Um, one thing that we haven't really addressed yet is red shirts, and we've seen a little bit of Luke Sartori as a pinch runner. I know Tyler Palmer is another name that's been floating around there. Coach Bolt talked about if there's any decisions made there. Yeah, I think once we started getting into it, um, we just didn't know what to expect with only playing games on the weekend. Um if there would be more injuries because of that, if there would be COVID issues, which obviously that could still happen um, up to this point. Hopefully it doesn't, but we just weren't sure what it was going to present. So that's why we needed to make sure that every single guy, even there were guys that we thought would be redshirt candidates, we were going to be willing to play if if need be. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely some guys in there that I feel like could probably at least push to play right now. Um that that we're just kind of holding on a little bit to to their red shirts. Garrett Anglum's probably one of those guys that um, I feel like he's he's started to step up in the live at bats and he gives a great effort every day, day in and day out um, in the outfield, running balls down um, and those type of things. And and um, you know, but you, you start to get to a certain point of the season when there's no game action and then you start to you know you want to protect the red shirt that way um if you can and um there's a couple other guys probably in that category as well um this again this year with no tuesday games it just makes it way different than what it ever is um you know that way so they you just don't get that experience that you normally would but um those type of guys that maybe don't get at bats on the weekend um we're probably coming up on about 30 to 35 live at bats now um for the tuesday wednesday games that we play so um those are very valuable as i mentioned before but yeah there's some guys in there that i feel like could probably get in there and push at times to play uh but at the same time there's maybe a lot of veterans in front uh, a lot of guys maybe that um we just need to get going in front of them and um, protect the red shirt in the, in the meantime. Long answer there, but I think a good one and well explained from Coach Bolt. And we'll finish it up here on Kyle Perry, left-handed pitcher from Millard South, getting close on the Tommy John surgery. Coach Bolt provided an update for him there. Yeah, with him, if he he's going to throw today. Um, he'll throw to hitters today. If he's feeling good and he looks good, he's he's going to he's going to factor in to help this team this year. Um, I think that that's been pretty well decided on our end, on his end. That you know, if he's feeling good and healthy and he's he's capable from a physical standpoint, he wants to pitch this year, and we want him to pitch this year. So um, you know, whether what that looks like, we'll we'll find out today, um, and we'll just go from there. Sounded like things went well with Kyle Perry, and I would expect to see him pretty soon. And we Good. know his competitive you know, nature there. He's going to want to get out there as soon as he possibly can. He's been going on all these trips because they love his presence and his positive attitude in the dugout. So yeah, time for him to go get some outs on the mound. That'd be great. Be a nice little addition to that uh, pitching staff if Kyle Perry can go work an inning here or there as they come down the stretch. All right, big weekend, two with Indiana, two with Rutgers. Starts Saturday at 2, 1.30 for pregame coverage. Nick and Ben on the call this weekend from Piscataway, New Jersey. 
We're back here on a Sports Nightly Wednesday night. Our numbers, if you want to be a part of the program, 531-500-4686. Either call or text. If you text, you're doing so on our U.S. Cellular text line. Proud to be the official wireless sponsor of the Huskers, U.S. Cellular Connecting Husker Nation. Lane Grindle, he's our insider. Time to dot him up. His voice will sound familiar. And that ball's gone. Bye-bye baseball. His knowledge is endless. He looked so fast. It was unbelievable. He's our Major League Baseball insider. Just ate a brownie, so I'm ready to go. Lane Grindle. Well, Brewers had quite a weekend taking three out of four from the Dodgers and uh, now off to the Philadelphia series where I know you've dropped the first two, but uh, you kind of like the way the Brewers have started this year. Yeah, it's been a really good start to the year for this team. I mean, there's so many injuries that they've been dealing with. And, I mean, you haven't had Christian Yelich for the, the vast majority of this season. You haven't had Lorenzo Cain for the vast majority of this season. Those are those are your two guys. I mean, we we celebrate Yelly Kane Day on January 25th every year here in Milwaukee because the Brewers acquired them both on the same day. And so when you haven't had those two guys emotionally and, of course, physically – they lead this team, and, and for this team to, to at one point have the best record in the National League, right now they, they start the day a half team back at the Cardinals in the NL Central. Cardinals are playing really well, but it's, it's really remarkable. I mean, guys like Billy McKinney, guys like Tyrone Taylor, guys like Jace Peterson, they've all had big hits to kind of propel this team. And, of course, whenever you get great pitching, Greg, and you know this so well, you got a chance, and the Brewers have gotten a lot of great pitching. Let's um, let's talk about the Dodgers a little bit. Uh, they're just two and eight in their last ten. I know they've even stubbed their toe on this road trip after Milwaukee in Chicago. Are there blemishes for that team? Are they bored? What what do you make of LA now that you've seen them in person? Well, they got a lot of injuries too, and I, and I would start with that. I mean, they don't have Cody Bellinger right now. David Price is on the injured list. I know he wasn't a part of this team a year ago. Bruiser Gratterall is also not available. That really thins out their bullpen. Now, Dustin May uh, is going to be gone for the year because he's going to have to have Tommy John, and they haven't had Tony Gonsolin. I mean, you can start adding up. There's a lot of guys, and Corey Knable now is another arm of that bullpen that they were counting on. So uh, that's a big part of it is, is the injuries. I think another part of it is the Dodgers have done this before. Um, I think it was 2018 when the Dodgers stumbled out of the gate, and they were not playing well early in the year. And everybody was, what's going on with the Dodgers? What's going on with the Dodgers? And everybody that followed it on a daily basis, I think, was basically just kind of smiling, going, just wait, they'll get going. <laughs> and then they did. And they ended up having a great year, and uh, they finished second in the National League in, in terms of overall record, I believe, behind the Brewers, who had the number one seed that year in the postseason. And, and then, of course, they advanced to the World Series after they beat the Brewers in the NLCS. So, uh, this has happened before with the Dodgers. I do think when you win a World Series, it, it's hard to keep that same edge. It's just, it, it just is. Um, but eventually, over the course of 162 games, things will settle in. They'll start playing their game, and they're going to be just fine. They, they're a really talented roster. Um, they're the best roster on paper, probably. And when they get healthy and they get rolling in the middle of the dog days of summer, when other teams are just trying to get by, they'll be able to roll out of bed and, and go eight and two over their next ten. So it'll even out. I'm not I'm not overly worried about the Dodgers if I'm a Dodgers fan today. 
Lane Grindle's with us. He's our Major League Baseball insider. The Brewers have played a couple of games now against the Phillies, and we're wrap up, wrapping up that series here tonight. That East is, man, that thing is wide open. What do you make of the Phillies now that you've seen him for a couple of games, and are they maybe the team to beat in that division? I'm not willing to say they're the team to beat, but no, they have they have some things going for them. It's a nice lineup. I think this is a lineup that's really going to hit, uh, you know, once they get into the summer and, and and offense starts to take off a little bit more. You know, they don't have Bryce Harper right now. He's been out of the lineup the last two nights, and 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 he's going to be out of the lineup for a third straight night tonight. But uh, he's having a great year. Uh, Alec Bohm, the Omaha kid, is. Uh, starting to hit a little bit. Uh, he was a little slow out of the gate, but you know he can hit. Uh, Reese Hoskins has eight home runs already this year. Brad Miller has been really good for them, which is kind of, I think, surprising to a lot of people because, you know, a year or two ago, we would have thought Brad Miller was supposed to be an out of baseball, and, and he's been a nice utility guy that can play around the field for them and do some good things. And Andrew McCutcheon was scuffling, but he hit a home run on Sunday night. He got the day off Monday, and then he hit two home runs last night. So he's starting to swing it a little bit. I think it's a pretty good lineup, top to bottom. I really do. I think they have, you know, Gene Segura is eventually going to come back. Uh, Didi Gregorius is, is, is off to a good start. So, I mean, listen to all those names I just rattled off. Those are all guys that can do damage to the baseball. Uh, so, I like their lineup. Uh, I think they have an okay rotation. Certainly, Nola and Wheeler are really good. Velasquez was good against the Brewers, but he's been inconsistent over the course of his career. Chase Anderson's in this rotation right now. Chase is one of the great guys in the game. Uh, but he has been susceptible to home runs. Um, he's done a good job with that this year. I think he's only allowed three home runs so far this year. But that's been a bit of a problem for him in the past. So it's it's an okay rotation. I don't think it's a great rotation. And I don't think it's a great bullpen. And so that that's going to be the other issue they're going to have to kind of solve on the fly if they want to win the NL East. I don't know what I think of the NL East. I mean, the Mets <laughs> have a lot of talent, but they're not hitting. And they just fired Chili Davis. And the Nationals, I think, are, are a team to watch because that rotation can be as good as anybody's when it's fully healthy. Um, and, and, I, and Josh Harrison's performance for them, and Josh Bell, I think, is going to have a good year for them at first base. So I, I don't know. I think there's – basically, I could talk myself into any team that NL East, maybe even including the Marlins. I, I saw the Marlins. We're going to see them again this weekend, and, and that is a, that is a lot better team than people realize. And right now they don't have Sixto Sanchez. And if they start getting him into that rotation, that's a pretty good rotation. The Rogers kid's really good. Alcantara's really good. Um, they, they could be a challenge in the NL East, too. That's not, an easy, that's not an easy series for anybody. Let's put it that way. Visiting again with Lane Grindle, our Major League Baseball insider here on Sports On. I want to ask you about some just really head-scratching umpiring decisions in the last week. You had one in the Brewers game that was just a joke, uh, a little check swing roller up the first baseline. They ended up calling interference on the pitcher as he flipped the ball to the first baseman. Angel Hernandez was embarrassing last night in Kansas City in a fly ball to deep right center that bounced between the right fielder and the center fielder. He called the batter out, which confused the base runners. Um, this is embarrassing stuff. This is the big leagues. Why has it been so shoddy, at least early in this year, for these umpires? Um, that's a great question. I don't know. Um, there's a great Twitter account. If you're a big baseball fan, I encourage everybody to go, go follow it. It's I think it's called Umpire Scorecards. And they give a scorecard to every home plate umpire after every game. And it tells you how many runs they were worth in one direction or another. 
the teams. It tells you about their consistency in the zone. It's really interesting, and I, I love going back to it because there'll be nights where I think one guy's really bad when I'm watching, and then I'll go back and watch and look at his report card. I'm like, hey, he wasn't as bad as I thought. Or it'll confirm what you thought. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because then you start to see the trends, and it kind of holds guys accountable, right? Like this, some of the same guys start showing up um, with bad report cards. And this is just behind home plate. What happened with Angel Hernandez, um, <laughs> uh, look, first off, the mistake he made, that part of it I can understand. And, and, and let me say this. I, I, what he said was he lost the ball in the out-of-town scoreboard LED. Last night, as I'm on the call, granted I'm remote and looking through a television, but a ball got hit the right center in front of the out-of-town scoreboard, and I lost the ball for a second. And all of a sudden, I see Jackie Bradley Jr. catching it. I thought the ball was going to fly out of the park. I, I wasn't sure. And so I kind of delayed and waited. And then I saw, oh, yeah, Jackie caught it. Um, you know, so I didn't make the mistake that, that, that Angel made. And, of course, his mistake was he said they caught it and, and the ball did not get caught. But I can understand losing the baseball. That's a human mistake, right? I mean, it, it, you, you hope it doesn't happen, but it's not like he did that intentionally. I can understand that. I thought his explanation of it was bad. Um, to, to basically double down and say, well, we ended up getting right, and that's what review's for. Now, just say, hey, I got the call wrong. And he did say that, but it took him a little bit to come around to saying that part of it. You shouldn't be celebrating that you got the call right because it impacted the flow of that play. And it impacted that play, and it didn't feel like a pure play when it was all said and done. You just got to own it. I made a mistake. I didn't see it. I lost the ball. And, you know, luckily we have replay to help us get it semi-sorted out and then leave it at that. I I don't like when some of these umpires, after they mess up a play that impacts the game, kind of halfway double down on their mistake. And that's what happened in the Brewers game with Marty Foster. He totally doubled down. And I was like, oh, I got it right. That's the rule. Well, uh, uh, you know, that's how the rule is supposed to be interpreted. And, and it's not. And it's not in the spirit of the game because he was four feet in front of Isan Diaz as Zach Godley slipping the ball to first. And the ball's in the glove of the first baseman before the alleged obstruction even occurred. So you can't tell me that's a, the way the rule was in, intended to be applied. And I, that's probably where I get more frustrated is acting as if, You can't be challenged when you made the mistake and deep down you know you made the mistake, but how dare you challenge my authority as one of the umpires in this game. That's where I get a little frustrated sometimes when I watch these games. I understand mistakes. You're going to miss calls. It's going to happen. These guys are really good, by the way, uh, overall. It's it's, it's incredible how good they are at doing their jobs, but you are still going to miss calls, and when you do, just own it and be human about it and, and don't try to, you know, kind of bully your way through it to make everybody just accept that you actually did do everything right because we could all see it with our own eyes that you didn't. No doubt. All right, uh, so you said you're off to Miami after the Philly series, and then what, are the, what does the crew have next? Uh, come back home on uh, an off day. This will be 17 straight games without an off day for the crew Ooh. once they get through Sunday's game against the Marlins. It's tied for their longest stretch of games without an off day uh, all season long. So then they get an off day, and then St. Louis comes to town, and the scuffling Braves come to town. Still can't figure out what's going on with Atlanta. That's another team. You know, we keep talking about the Dodgers, but we need to be watching the Braves, too. I think that's another team that is way underperforming early that's probably going to get it figured out at some point before it's all said and done. All right. Well, have a great week. We'll chat again next Wednesday. 
All right, sounds good. It's time to buy or sell. Now here's the hosts of Buy or Sell, Tim Curran. Sold. And Austin Orman. That's right, it's another glorious, glorious week of Buy or Sell, America's, dare I say it, favorite game show. At least it's mine. I don't know if it's still going to be after this week. I have not looked ahead. I have not peeked at uh, how well I've been doing, but... Uh, I got no reason to doubt myself. I think I'm probably doing okay. Don't know if I can wow. say the same about you guys, but I'm probably doing okay. Wow. The, compliment, the compliments are flowing already. <laughs> Started right away. I'll balance it out by saying I know I did really poorly this week. So As, as is tradition with Austin Orman. Uh, we'll waste Tim no- Yanes and Austin Yangs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we'll waste no time. We have a uh, plethora of answers to get through, starting with uh, Brett's college football question, or really more of an NFL draft cue. Uh, asked us back in October of last year by or so that Trey Lance would be a top 10 draft pick in the 2021 NFL draft. Well, the answer ended up being a buy. He was drafted third overall by the 49ers. Greg, Ben, and myself, all suckers, we sold it, but the rest correct with the buy. Hmm. Nailed it. I did not see that coming. Good for them. Did not see that coming. I thought that was a mistake, but what do I know? Not much. Time will be the ultimate judge of whether it's a mistake or not. Even hand a take? Fair enough. Time has already judged whether or not the answers were correct or not, but Trey Lance obviously still plenty of time. Our next answer uh, from just after the turn of the new year, a Ben NBA question, buy or sell that LaMelo Ball records two more triple doubles before older brother Lonzo gets one. The answer, a sell. Lonzo got his first of the year last Wednesday against Denver. LaMelo's missed some time with injury, hasn't had one since. So it is a sell. Josh and Tim, the only two correct. Hmm. Yeah, the the Lamelo injury. I mean, he was out for two months, yeah. so that that killed him. The fact that it took Lonzo this this long yeah. to get his first is crazy. <laughs> yep. Not surprised. Well, we got another NBA answer for us. This one asked by Austin Orman himself back in January. Buyer so that James Harden would play in more games for Brooklyn this season, this regular season at least, than Kyrie Irving. And shock of all shocks, the answer ended up being a sell with six games to play. Irving has played in 49 games, while Harden has played in just 34. Uh, we all bought it, save for Greg, who sold it, I guess, and uh, with, did not have any issues with Kyrie Irving's attendance record, and but got it right. <laughs> you guys, uh, got to follow me. I mean, come on now. <laughs> yeah, we, we are a time or two. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have answered that any differently today if I was re-asked <laughs> that question. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think it's with, with Harden. Was it like his? He had an actual injury, whereas Kyrie just feels like he woke up on the wrong side of the bed and says, "Yeah, never mind. I don't want to play today." I mean, I, I don't know what it is with him, but I suppose we'll never know. But see, Kyrie's been the one with injury issues. Harden's been pretty durable throughout his yeah. career. But alas. All right. Second one of my questions in a row. This one from just over a month ago, an MLB question. Buy or sell that at least one team in each league that was under 500 last season leads their division at the start of play at the end of April. The answer, a buy. The only division leader that's actually above 500 as of the end of April was Oakland. So... Boston, Kansas City, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and San wow. Francisco. Five of the six were under 500. In case you hadn't figured it out, that is a buy. So, Ben, you and I were correct, as were Brett and Tim. Greg, you sold it with Josh. Hmm. That's a that's a crazy stat that you just threw out right there on that question. My goodness. Crazy indeed. 
Got another NFL draft one. This is also in Austin Q. Buy or sell that the last, or rather the first five quarterbacks drafted be drafted in this order. Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Lance, and Jones. Well, of course, the answer is a sell. It was Lawrence, Wilson, Lance, Fields, Jones. Greg, Ben, Josh, and myself all correct with the sell, but Brett and Austin wrong with the buy. Austin, was that your own question again? It was yeah. my own question again. Yeah. <laughs> Bamboozled himself. Oh, man. Yeah, Austin not really helping himself out here. It's been Snake a rough week. Snake bit by his own questions. Yeah, it's not going too well. Snake bit by my own questions. Snake bit by other people's questions. <laughs> Guys, I think I need a demotion to AAA at this point. It's just not going that well. Is there a AAA buy or sell? And call me up in a couple weeks. Uh, no. Ah, well, all right. We'll plug along in the big league, see if I can get back to replacement level. Not going to happen on this question, though. Spoiler alert, a Ben NBA question from April 7th. Buy or sell that Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving all play in the same game and score at least 60 combined points in that game before May 1st. That has not happened. Ben, I sided with you. We bought it. We're the only two wrong. Can't believe they couldn't get on the floor. They didn't get on the floor (laughs) once together. Not a single time. Since I asked that question. Wow. Yeah, talk about the uh, big three. Tim and I are right, correct? Yes. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. As as usual. Uh, got, got a got a Greg answer. This is a Major League Baseball one back from April. Buyer so that someone would reach 10 home runs before May the 1st. The answer ended up being a sales. Acuna was the first to get to that mark and didn't get there until just yesterday. So uh, Brett and myself were suckers. We bought it. I thought it was going to be Freddie Freeman. I don't even I don't know if he got any, anywhere close. I don't even know why I said Freddie Freeman. But everyone else right with a sell. Okay, wrong wrong side of that one, Timmy. <laughs> it's all about it's a, it's, a, it's another pitcher season, I guess. We had a no hitter today. These guys just don't have that strength anymore. Bring Roids back, come on. The '90s were fun. Everyone liked them. I mean, what what was wrong with that? I digress. Let's judge Tim's answer based off of this. Freeman is at seven home runs right now. Does that make his guess good or bad? That's all right. It's it was ambitious. Average. I mean, he wasn't. He wasn't even close. I think when I I think he only had three when I first guessed it so whatever when, whatever when did acuna get his ninth Do we yesterday know? T- he, he got his 10th yesterday. yesterday yeah 10th yes. yesterday so when I, I mean, I, when was somebody at nine were they at nine by the end of april or i'm uh, there i bet there's 30 guys that have at least six or seven home runs right now yeah there's a there's a bunch of them like right. seven eight nine in that range we'll do some digging during the breaks that we can come up with all right, a Tim spring game question from a couple weeks ago. Now, buy or sell that Thomas Fedoni, the leading receiver at tight end in the spring game, or that Jaquez Ant scores the first rushing touchdown of the game? The answer, a sell. Fedoni, of course, out with the knee injury, and Yant got the game's second rushing touchdown. So the answer, a sell. Greg and Ben, you both were correct, as were Brett and I. Josh and Tim bought it, though. Hmm. This was what happened asked there, Tim? pre pre Fedoni ACL tear or whatever his injury was. I I don't. So I feel actually decent about this question, but obviously Fedoni <laughs> not wrong. playing that that hurts hurts a little bit. All right, well got another Husker football question. This one back from oh. April buyer sell that a walk on would lead Nebraska in rushing yards, receiving yards, or tackles. In the spring game, well, the answer was a buy. Brody Belt led with 51 yards receiving, and Isaac Gifford had 10 tackles, which led the game. We literally all sold it besides Mr. Witty, aptly named Brett. He bought it, got it right. Oh. Good for him. Wow. Way to go, Brett. 
not even present, still getting these questions right. <laughs> what a racket. I'd like to hear his logic of why he guessed that that way. But. I would probably <laughs> probably ask Josh's thumb the logic more than I would ask Brett the logic. But <laughs> Anyways, another Husker <laughs> football question. This one from Greg. Buy or sell that the top rusher in the spring game gains more than 60 yards. The answer, a buy. It was Marvin Scott. He got up to 75 yards on the ground. Greg, you sold your own question incorrect. The other three of us present did get it right. And Josh and Brad also sold it with you, Greg. Mm. Yeah. Bought the crap out of that. There you go. Okay. Was there anybody else, Austin, over 60 besides? Harris had to have been close. Yeah, yeah he, he had a couple was. of long runs. I'll get on that by the time my turn comes around next. There we go. All right. I think we're moving on to uh, this was, I believe, a Ben Husker baseball question. Buy or sell that Rutgers bullpen would allow three runs before Nebraska's bullpen would allow one run. The answer, of course, was a sell. The Huskers bullpen allowed seven runs before Rutgers allowed one. Greg and myself were pessimistic. We sold it, though, and got it right. Why is everyone else wrong with the buy? Not the right weekend to ask that question. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> no. My God. Rough. That was rough. <laughs> All right, so on the rushers question, Jaquezian did get over 60 yards. He ended up with 64. Gabe Irvin was right there at 58. Uh, Isaiah Harris, five carries, 52 yards. And Adrian also broke broke 60 yards, nine carries for 61 yards. They do knock him minus 12 on sacks, but they do credit him 61 yards gained. Yeah, but it had to be the total, so he was 49. So one, one guy. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's true. Good good line. Good line. All right. We got a Kentucky horse race question. The Can Kentucky, I do Kentucky Derby. did the last one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's Austin's up here, too. Well, I just want to say horse race because I know that's my favorite well, word. You to can say. say it again in a few seconds. I'll let, I'll let Austin read, I guess. I guess. I, I Go ahead, Austin. Appreciate your magnan- magnanimity. All right. A horse racing Kentucky Derby question <laughs> from Josh. Buy or sell that a horse with a name that starts with the first 10 letters of the alphabet wins the Kentucky Derby. The answer A. Sell Medina Spirit, the winner. We went one for six. Greg, it was you. You're the only one right. The wise sage. <laughs> Bush League. <laughs> lame. Lame, lame, lame. All right, my turn now. Uh, I got an NFL draft. This is my own. You couldn't uh, wait, could you? Or said <laughs> right. My own wonderfully worked question about the draft. Buy or sell that there would be at least as many or more players drafted in the first round from the Alabama Crimson Tide than players from the Big Ten Conference. Well, the answer ended up being a sell, putting a smile on the commission's face, Kevin Warren. Six from the Crimson Tide. Seven from the Big Ten. Austin myself both bought it, got it wrong. Everyone else right with the sell. Mm, ouch. Good line, though. Good question. Yeah, I mean, yeah it, was it was tight. There you go. Thank. I appreciate that. I'll pat myself on the back for that, despite the fact that I got it wrong, but there it goes. All right, a Brett NBA question is our next answer. Buy or sell that Devin Booker hits at least four threes in the Suns matchup with the Clippers nope. last Wednesday night, or that Paul George score at least 30 points. Nope. There you go. You have it from Ben. The answer, a sell. Booker only won three. PG did get up to 25 points. So, Ben, you're the only one of us present to get it correct. Brett and Josh also got it right. So, Greg, you, Tim, and I all incorrect with a bye. Oh, man. No, my NBA. As, a, as an NBA expert, I am, I'm feeling pretty stung by that miss. I want to say I want to say PG had, like, 20 in the first quarter in that game and ended with, like, 25. <laughs> 
I was banking on Booker hitting four threes. I didn't Happens. think that'd be too big an ask. But he has not been shooting many threes or making many threes uh, All right. lately. Still a few more answers to get through. We'll blow through these. Greg, a Husker softball answer by yourself that Nebraska would win their series this past weekend against Maryland. The answer was a bye. They swept, but Greg sold his own question, got it wrong. So did Austin. The rest was correct with the bye. Where the bye. questions are just too hard. <laughs> <laughs> Doubting our softball team is what you get, Greg. It's what you get, what you deserve. I think the part of it that made me sell it was I thought they were going to split with Maryland. It had to be an outright I two. Win. I thought so. two two. Alas. All right. From the diamond to the diamond, but the major league diamond, Ben asked, buy or sell that the Nationals are out of last place before the Royals are out of first place. The answer was a buy. The Nats climbed from the cellar on April 30th. The Royals entered today, still tied for first. So that answer is a buy. And the line, I believe, is yay team. All six of us got it right. Yeah. Wow. Yay team. Not one pessimist on the side. Not a one. Yeah, that's going to kill my percentage. Yeah, that's ben, Ben's layups questions are back. That's good. We need those. What do you mean? I haven't had a layup question since season one. Yeah. Uh, got another very excited to announce another horse race question from the Derby. Buy or sell that the horse that would finish last in the Kentucky Derby started the race with better than 50 to 1 odds. The answer was a buy. Soup and Sandwich was at 30 to 1 odds. Austin sold it. Uh, I sold it as well. I didn't even have a guess for the horse. I didn't even bother to look it up. Uh, but Greg, Ben, Josh, and Brett all correct with the buy. But Josh actually called a shot, said it was going to be stupid sandwich, and he was correct. So Josh, I guess, wow. going to have to get a bonus point. Way Extra to go, Josh. Point. Good for him. That's impressive. All right, one more answer before we get to the current totals. It was a college athletics question asked by yours truly. Last week I asked, buy or sell that the next Kansas football head coach would be hired before the next Northwestern athletic director, closer than I thought it was going to be. The answer, a by Lance Leipold hired April 30th. Mike Poliski actually hired for the Northwestern AD spot two days ago. So it's a buy, and again, six for six. Yay, team. Way to go, boys. There we go. There we go. That brings us to the, the totals of this week. Greg and Ben, both 11 of 18. Josh had the best week of us all, 12 of 18. I forgot to add that Brett was was 11 of 18 as well. So Brett, Ben, Greg, all 11 of 18. Josh leading the pack at 12 of 18. I went 9 of 18, and Austin, a paltry, a poor performance, just 7 of 18. Very sad. You two boys boys had a rough week. (laughs) It wasn't triple A. It wasn't one of my better weeks. I'll I'll, I'll put you that. But Ben in in the top of the pack at 65 of 107. That's a 60% clip. Good for him. Greg and Josh both at 64 of 107 on the season. And then in uh, third place, 63 of 107. That's myself at sitting just under 59%. Also, you have Brett Witte at 56 of 107. And in last place, guess who? The Orman, 55 of 107 mm. at just over 51%. Austin, I thought we were trending up the last few weeks. We were. Uh, I guess the, the guy just had something I wasn't seeing well, you know? Yeah. Just, just <laughs> one of those weeks, one of those series, one of those days. Yeah, he's in a slump. Got to break out of it. Uh, which brings us to this week's questions, and Greg will lead us off. All right, Husker Baseball, my question, buy or sell that Nebraska's starting pitchers throw more innings this weekend than their opponent's starters? Hmm. I am going to... I'm going to sell it. What worries me about this question is Nebraska's fourth starter situation. 
I don't know who it is, and I don't know how long they can go. Um, and Indiana is the best pitching team in the Big Ten. We saw what Rutgers is capable of. Everything is telling me to sell it, so I'm going to buy it. Okay. Wow. <laughs> we'll turn around. I like that logic. Well, I'm going to use Ben's logic and agree with him and actually sell it because I, you know, agree that the we don't know who the fourth pitcher is going to be. That worries me. And also, yeah, the, some strong teams are perhaps going up against it, so sell. I am loath to agree with Tim, but Greg, you're on the same boat, so I feel more confident in that. I'll sell it as well because of the reasons already laid out. Jeez. All right. Okay. Brings us to Ben. All right. This is not a question I thought I would be asking a month ago, let alone at the beginning of the season. Uh, with the play-in tournament, buy or sell that the New York Knicks last longer in the playoffs than the Los Angeles Lakers. Real chance that L.A. has to play in that tournament and find its way out. Uh, the Knicks, I think, will avoid that and are playing really well. I don't know what the status of LeBron is or when he'll be back. I'm still going to sell it. Just be, and, and it's not even more of the, an indictment on the Lakers. I think it's just Thibodeau's reputation that he had in Chicago is going to follow him to New York. They're going to win a bunch of games in the regular season and play everybody 40 minutes a night. And then when it gets time to the playoffs, everyone's going to be gassed and they're going to run out of steam. But New York Knicks having a heck of a year. I'm selling. There you go. Where are you going, Tim? Um, what are you doing? Sorry, I was waiting for Greg. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to sell it. I mean, something tells me, I, not that I know anything about the NBA. Uh, I thought but, you were uh, an insider. You just bumped up well, the NBA. Yeah, you called yourself question. an expert. Well, I was an expert for a little <laughs> while there. But uh, I'm going to sell it because something tells me uh, I don't think Knicks in the playoffs typically equal playoff success. So sell. I'm going to sell it as well. I think the Lakers will figure it out. I think LeBron and AD will get things going. I think the Knicks are peaking a little bit too early. I think they're a little too hot right now for me to want to trust them to keep riding that hot streak in the playoffs. Lakers are bored. They're going to crank it up in the playoffs. Sell it. All right. Brings me to my question. Husker baseball. Buy or sell that the Nebraska baseball team will go exactly 2-2 two and two in this weekend's series against Indiana Rutgers or the Huskers will beat the Scarlet Knights in both their games i'm gonna buy it i say this nebraska drops the first two games i think both are gonna happen so there you go even though it's an or question not an and question i'm gonna buy it i think nebraska drops the first two against indiana turns around revenge against rutgers bye aren't they alternating though indiana rutgers indiana no. rutgers nope nope, nope. 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 Two, two indiana two rutgers okay um uh, let's see sure i'll buy why not so you both have bought Oh, yes. yes. Such a good question. How could you not buy it? Yeah, okay. I'll go on the other side and sell it. <laughs> You'll regret that. I'll buy. I like it. I like the ore. Think think pretty good odds for either one to happen. There we go. Good stuff. All right. Well, stick with baseball, but go to the pros. And I'm okay to ask this question since it hasn't happened yet. Buy or sell that any Major League Baseball player has a five-hit game today on 5-5 five, five, Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> I'm going to sell it. Sell. Yep. I'm sell. Sell. <laughs> Good one. Uh, well, let's see. What do we got for night games? We got uh, Rays Angels. We got Toronto Oakland. I don't know who's pitching in either of those matchups. 
Uh, a lot of the other games look pretty late. Yeah, about halfway through most of those. Don't don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, well. All right, got a Josh Major League Baseball question. Buy ourselves that the Twins bullpen will blow a lead of two runs or more in the seventh <laughs> inning or later, and the Twins lose the game at any point between tomorrow and next Tuesday. Josh has bought it. I think we it. know what kind of headspace Josh was in when he wrote <laughs> Josh this Josh has question. bought it in all caps. He wrote down buy three times. So In all caps, all three I times. will buy this as well. I, I, I tend to share Josh's pessimism when it concerns the Twins, so put me down for a buy. Blows a lead of two or more in the seventh inning or later. Yeah. And, and they and have to lose that same game. <laughs> we know your philosophy on end questions, but so, I there we go. <laughs> I I love rooting against the Twins, so I'd love for this to happen, but I, I'll sell it. I'll sell Man, it. Alex Col- Colome has just been terrible <laughs> so bad for them. Um, blows a two-run leader. I feel like that's so specific. Like that's obviously going to happen pretty soon, but it's just so specific to happen. By next week, I'm gonna sell it, but I, but I I know where he's at. I, I can empathize with him on that. All right, we'll go from a real man. By the way, sorry to interrupt you, Austin. They are tied one to one in the fourth right now and threatening to take the lead. So, ready? It's possible it happens tonight. Ready to blow it. Ready to blow it. All right, from a true American favorite to. Well, something the rest of the world plays. Brett asking a soccer question. Buy or sell that Barcelona and Atletico Madrid play to a draw or that one team has a player with at least two goals scored in their match on Saturday. Brett is buying it, and I think I'm going to sell this for reasons. Yeah, uh, I Hmm. too uh, am going to sell it because, again... I have not looked at the La Liga table in a hot minute. I don't know what's going on. Uh, sell. I've been in a selling mood tonight, so i got to go on the other side of something here. So give me a buy on this one. All right. No logic at all. None. Um, I feel like I feel like ties are pretty pretty common, right? <laughs> That's right. Yes, yep. So I need – is that an and or an or? It's an or. Or. Well, I don't think any one person... Either a draw or one player scores two. Um, I'll sell it. All right. For, for Austin. I'm going to copy Austin's logic for reasons. Yes. All right. And that brings us to a close of buy, sell. Great. Very good. Well done. A lot of answers. Holy cow. 18 questions we answered tonight on buy, sell. That's, that's a lot of stuff there.